Ramadan Reflections, Day 18, Hajra, Complete Trust in Allah. A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Ramadan Reflections for 2023, today being the 18th day of the blessed month of Ramadan. Now for this past 17 days, we've been reviewing various issues of the theoretical level of women in the Quran, their creation, their equality, their spiritual status, hijab, and many other topics. We've talked about some of the jurisprudential issues, the similarities and differences such as inheritance and bearing witness and blood money. And although much more could have been said, and there are actually countless other topics within the Quran about women and their rights and responsibilities. However, really in order to make it through this blessed month of Ramadan and the verses and themes which we have chosen, uh, we also need to provide practical examples of women in the Quran that we can learn from. And for this reason, from today onwards, uh, until the end of the month of Ramadan, we turn our focus to specific women which Allah speaks about in His Noble Book. And obviously, as we know that uh, we can't look at every single woman mentioned in the Quran. Now, we know that there was only one woman literally mentioned in the Quran by name, and that is Maryam, uh, Mary, the mother of Prophet Isa, Prophet Jesus, peace be upon both of them. But there are multiple other women spoken about in the Qur'an. Uh, their clear indications are there. And we're going to go through uh, approximately 12 of these women. Most of them, the majority I will say, are from before the era of the beloved Prophet Muhammad. May Allah bless him and his family. Uh, but the last four that we have chosen will be from the time and era of the Prophet and are actually women that are very closely related to him, whether they be his daughter, Fatima al-Zahra, peace be upon her, or some of his wives, both, both from the Meccan period and also from the era in Medina. Now, for today, the first of these 12 women which we want to review in this portion of our Ramadan reflections is none other than Hajar, peace be upon her, the wife of our beloved Prophet Ibrahim. May God's peace and blessings be upon him. Now, very little is known about this wife of Prophet Ibrahim from the perspective of the Qur'an. And really, indeed, her story is, we can piece together some of it from the Qur'an, but we need to obviously go further. And so, therefore, when you go a bit deeper and you study the Hadith literature, you look at the books of Tafsir and Islamic history, we get a little better glimpse into this woman and her powerful quality of complete re uh, reliance, what we call tawakkul, which she had in Allah. Now, before I get to the verse that I want to review today, which actually isn't even her words, because Allah doesn't quote her uh, directly in the passage that we want to talk about, we're actually looking at a supplication made by her husband, Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him. I want to go over her story in brief so we can better understand her level of trust in God. So it's been said that after Sarah, the first wife of Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, uh, that she had actually gifted her husband Hajar as a slave, and he proceeded to have his firstborn son, Ismail, peace be upon him, through her, because Sarah at that point could not conceive a child. Now, due to multiple reasons, Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, took his wife Hajar and his son Ismail, and by the orders of Allah, they were taken to what is today known as the city of Mecca. He was originally from what is today occupied Palestine, he travels all the way there from there to Mecca with his wife and young child. At that time, there were no buildings, greenery, water, or people to help her. However, there was Allah. After leaving them 
in that barren desert of Mecca and heading back home to again what is today regarded as occupied Palestine, both Hajar and Ismail, peace be upon him, began to feel the thirst of the desert, the heat. I'm sure whatever food and water was running out. And so like any good mother, Hajar ran in search of help, something or someone to help her infant son quench his thirst and obviously to help her as well in this very difficult time. As history shows, she began to run, to, she began to run rather, back and forth from the hills of As-Safa to Al-Marwa and back again. This became the same ritual that every Muslim must perform in the Umrah and Hajj, the Sa'i, between the two mountains. Eventually, we're told that a spring of water began to gush from beneath the feet of her infant son, Ismail, peace be upon him. What is known today as the well of Zamzam, which continues to flow thousands of years later, which quenches the thirst of the, of the, of the Hujjaj and the people performing the Umrah to the house of Allah. Now, history says a short time passed and a Bedouin tribe, an Arab tribe of the name of Jurhum, were passing by and they noticed the spring of water which was flowing, which they found to be odd because this is a barren area. But they decided to settle there and really from that day forward, Mecca began to grow slowly and gradually into what it is today. Now, what was that powerful supplication that Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him, made for his wife Hajar and his son Ismail that resulted in them being these iconic figures in human history and in the history of Islam? Well, in chapter 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 37, he prays to Allah saying the following that Allah quotes, Our Lord, I have settled some of my offspring in an uncultivable valley near your sacred house, so that, our Lord, they may establish the prayer. So make the hearts of people inclined towards them, and provide them with the produce of earth, so that they may give thanks constantly from the heart and in speech and in action by fulfilling your commandments. Now, although this verse, as you notice, does not quote any words from Hajar, peace be upon her, in any way, nor is she even mentioned, we can say in the Quran, in any fashion, directly, by name. However, what we do wish to look at is her resilience and complete unwavering trust in Allah. And obviously that can be understood even from this supplication of her dear husband, Ibrahim, peace be upon him. Now here she is, Hajar, a woman that is married to one of the greatest prophets, messengers and imams that Allah had sent for the guidance of his people. She's not only the wife of a great prophet, brothers and sisters. No, she then becomes the mother of one of the greatest prophets that humanity has seen, Ismail, peace be upon him. So her husband is an influential prophet, her son Ismail becomes an influential prophet, but her lineage does not stop with prophet Ismail, peace be upon him, because you know if you follow the family tree, you reach to the greatest prophet to ever step foot on this earth, that's Prophet Muhammad, may Allah bless him and his family. And from that prophet will come the last Imam, Imam al-Mahdi. May God hasten his noble return. In fact, brothers and sisters, you know, the status of this woman is such that it is not only the fact that she has been blessed with this lineage of prophets and Imams, nor is it that she's just buried a few feet away from the Kaaba. But her life actually of, of reliance and trust in Allah has been enshrined in the Islamic laws. Yes, you heard me right. A woman's life becomes a part of the rules of Islam to follow. Now, when any Muslim 
Man or woman goes for Hajj or Umrah, they have to perform the Tawaf around the Kaaba, isn't it? Seven times counterclockwise. However, we're prevented from getting too close to the Kaaba because there is a wall called the Hijra Ismail. And under that wall is the grave of Hajar, peace be upon her. Now, if we just reflect on that for a moment, we perform the Hajj to Allah, to the house of Allah, for the sake of Allah, for the love of Allah. We say, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik, La Sharika, Laka Labbaik, here I am, O God, here I am, you have no partners, God. We're told in other Muslims, they tell us that it is impermissible to go to a graveyard and pray to the, the dead, or pray even in a graveyard, some Muslims claim. To walk on a grave, to be in that area, you bury the person and then you basically forget about it. But God wanted us to remember a woman, and so she was allowed to be buried feet, just a matter of maybe 15 or 10 to 15 feet away from the Kaaba. Every day, millions of people that perform the tawaf, the circumambulation of the house of God, are walking near to the grave of a woman. When we pray our two rakat salat behind the maqam of Ibrahim, we're praying near the graveyard where a woman has been buried, not just a woman, a wife of a prophet, a mother of a prophet, the you know, great, 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 great grandmother, we can go all the way down to of, of Prophet Muhammad, may Allah bless him and his family, and from her family comes the 12th Imam. In addition, when we go to Umrah or Hajj, we perform the Sa'i between the two hills of As-Safa and Al-Marwa, and we're told to remember the struggles and the trust of a mother, Hajr, and her attempts to find water for her infant son and for herself. When we drink from the water of Zamzam, we bring to memory that same water which was given to Ismail and Hajr, peace be upon them, to save them from the burning heat of the son of Mecca. Can there be any more honor for a woman than to have such a preeminent role in the greatest act of worship being the Hajj? And women, if you look at it, as we mentioned on, the, on the, our second and third day, women were regarded as animals in pre-Islamic culture, pre-Islamic Arabia. They were bought and sold as a commodity. And now Allah is gradually showing us through practical examples that women have the potential to be elevated to such a level as we see in the event of the Hajj, that her level can be elevated such that her instincts of being a mother, simply looking for food or water, that natural motherly instinct and love to provide for her infant son now becomes acts of, of obligation or highly recommend actions to perform for the pilgrim. What more can we say, brothers and sisters, than what God has shown us in the Quran and in Islamic history of the status of a woman? Now, as we conclude, we see that there are some historical reports that tell us that Hajar lived to the age of 90. As I said, her son was there with her. Uh, upon her death, he buries his mother, Hajar, peace be upon her, in the place known as the Hijr of Ismail, that semicircle wall around the Kaaba. And historians and the, and the books of Hadith actually mention when, uh, when we kind of press, why did he bury her there? I mean, there's a lot of land around Mecca, isn't there? Uh, we're told that Ismail buried her there for a reason, obviously, for Allah's command, and built a wall on top of the grave of his mother so that people would not step on her grave when they visit the Kaaba for the Hajj and for the Umrah ceremonies.
So that in itself becomes a, a beautiful point to reflect upon in this day of Ramadan, of how a son takes care of his mother, the mother takes care of her son by running in search of water, and then the son reciprocates when his mother leaves this world that he takes care of her by burying her and placing her in the most noble of land, in the most noble of precincts. When, as we conclude, you know, we have to reflect that Hajar, a lady who comes from a lineage of royalty in Egypt, is then sold into slavery, becomes the wife of a great prophet of Allah, one of the greatest of Allah's prophets, becomes a mother to one of Allah's greatest prophets, and eventually, brothers and sisters, she becomes a role model for patience and complete trust in Allah for all women and for us men as well to come until the end of time. It's something to reflect upon in this day of Ramadan. Now, starting from tomorrow and running for the next three days, I will take a brief pause in the theme. And we want to focus on the martyrdom of Imam Ali. May God's peace and blessings be upon him forever. And as he lived with the greatest woman to ever walk this earth, Fatima Zahra, peace be upon her. We're going to dedicate the next upcoming three sessions of Ramadan Reflections to speak about the family relationship of Ali and Fatima, peace be upon both of them. And how they passed their 10 or so years of happily married life in the city of Medina. And what way women and men can learn from the relationship between these two unparalleled personalities in Islamic history. Until then, until tomorrow, brothers and sisters, wassalamu alaikum jamian wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.